Welcome to the Waukesha Bible Church Podcast. We believe the Bible tells a single story, and at the center of that story is Jesus. If you like what you hear today, additional sermons, teaching sessions, and written material can be found on our website at waukeshawbible.org. We hope you enjoy today's episode. We are reading from Galatians chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers who are with me, to the churches of Galatia, grace to you in peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. If you have a Bible, I encourage you to turn to Galatians chapter 1. I showed that video for us just to kind of recap the message that Pastor Pat uh, preached to us last week. Paul opens up his letter to the Galatians with a beautiful articulation of what the gospel is. And as we'll read and discover as we study all of Galatians, the gospel to Paul is central in ministry, it's central in this church, and it's central to why he is writing this letter to the Galatians. What is the gospel? Right? Let's do another, like, just read through that first section of Galatians chapter 1. Look at verses 3 through 5 with me. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. A beautiful, short, succinct summary of what the gospel is. Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sin debt before God the Father. Through faith in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, we are saved from the present evil age, and we embrace Jesus as King. Those three points. The gospel is by grace, a free gift. It is through faith and the belief in this Messiah, Jesus. And it's the belief that he is now king. This is something that I've, in the last about, about year, I've been starting to grow to try to grasp that idea of Jesus as king. And we see it in all the gospel accounts. They seem to focus on this point of that moment in time glorification on the cross as his enthronement, as the king of the universe. And that is what all of Paul is talking about in Galatians. Embracing this Jesus. But our passage today is going to be verses 6 through 9. After Paul articulates this gospel, we see that he delivers in verse 6 the purpose and the reason why he is writing this letter. 
Paul says, I am astonished. I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting the gospel for a different gospel. This verse and this statement is the reason why Paul is writing this letter to the church in Galatia. And this purpose sets up the main idea of the book, which is based entirely on the centrality of Jesus and the gospel. And so our, uh, our, our section here today, these verses, verses 6 through 9, I'm just going to have three main ideas I want to bring forth. And I think that these verses are unpacking and articulating to us. I meant two main ideas. Sorry. If you have a, an outline in your, in your uh, bulletin, um, there is one there that'll help articulate these for you and kind of show you them. But they're twofold. First of all, Paul boldly challenges the Galatian church to not desert the gospel. And secondly, he challenges them, do not distort the gospel or his message as well. So let's look at that first point. Do not desert the gospel. Let's look at verse 6. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. You see what the qualifier that Paul puts before deserting? I'm astonished that you're doing it what? Quickly. And that's, that's the thing that Paul is, is warning this church. Paul is amazed that they have done this so quickly. Um, Paul went and he, he ministered the gospel into these churches of Galatia. And uh, that was his first missionary journey. And it seems that he is writing this letter because after he preaches the gospel to them, very shortly after, they abandon it. They, they, they apparently no longer believe it. And he is astonished that they are doing so. And I think that this, this idea that the, the deserting of the gospel can happen so quickly is a stark warning. It's an example for us. Use the Galatian church as an example and a call to remain vigilant. That the, the abandoning and desertion of the core theme and message of what the gospel is, is something that can happen in an instant. And before we know it, we become off track. And that is what this whole section is going to be about, is Paul laying up this warning and saying, don't desert the gospel. But the gospel, as Paul articulates it, is not just some idea or some way of life. Look at what he says. I'm astonished you're quickly deserting what? The one. The gospel is not an it, idea, or a truth. It is all those things, but the way Paul wants people to understand the gospel is that it's an individual. The gospel is a him. It's a person. And, and, and Paul goes on to, to describe, you're deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ. Paul identifies this gospel as a person, but... He very, in a very confusing language, he kind of, he, he talks about the identity of who this person necessarily is. The, what's the identity? What's he mean by you're abandoning the one? You're abandoning this person. 
one would say, like, the way he describes it, the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ. Well, didn't, didn't Paul go to the Galatian church? So is Paul saying that the Galatians are abandoning him? Well, if you read the rest of Galatians, I don't think he's saying that. Look at verses 11 and 12 where he says the gospel's not of human origin, but its origins are in, in Christ and in God. Um, even how he begins this gospel, he's, he's an apostle of Christ, not of man. The other aspect of who the identity of this one is, like, you'd have to say, well, well, God is the one who calls. God, the Father, Spirit, Son. But that's a very weird way of saying it, is it? Look at, look at that verse again, verse 6. You're deserting the one who calls you to live in the grace of Christ. You're deserting Christ who calls you to live in the grace of himself. It's, it's a mysterious, confusing way of saying it. But then again, you can say, well, the Trinity is confusing, isn't it? <laughs> um, it's, it's a very confusing aspect of, of God. And maybe this is, this is just Paul meditating on that. And so we're not going to dive really in depth into who's the identity of the one. Where I'm landing, and I think you can all breathe a sigh of relief, the one is Jesus, <laughs> right? That's where we're landing this plane. Paul is saying you are deserting the gospel and you're deserting that gospel who is a person, and that person is Jesus. When you choose to neglect the key message of the gospel, you are rejecting and deserting Jesus himself in his death, in his burial, in his resurrection, in his suffering on the cross. But the way he describes their deserting is, is very interesting because you notice what he says next? You're deserting and you're turning from the one, verse 6, and you're turning to a different gospel. And then he says verse 7 in the first part there, which, which really is no gospel at all. You see, Paul does these little side comments in a lot of his writings, and they're, they're amazing. He, he makes a statement. You're deserting Jesus for a different gospel. Well, I said different gospel, but really it's really no gospel at all. You're deserting Jesus for something that is not even good news. You're deserting good news, the great news of Jesus being king for bad news, for something that's different. And what Paul is, is boldly saying here is that a gospel that's different from Jesus and the good news of his death, burial, resurrection, and kingship is in fact no gospel at all. And there's no such thing as a different gospel. It's like if you were to, to take all the money you have and say, I'm going to trade it all in for Monopoly money. <laughs> I mean, you'd be like ludicrous. Or saying, I'm going to sell everything I have to buy some magic beans or Professor Copperfield's Miracle Legumes or something like that. Like, it's like, what are you doing? Why would you take what is already so valuable and exchange it for something that is nothing. But yet that is the warning that Paul has here. Do not desert Jesus. For if you desert Jesus, you're deserting him for something that is meaningless, pointless. It's not even a gospel at all. Jesus plus nothing is everything. If you take everything and you take out Jesus it becomes nothing. That is the idea here. Don't desert the gospel. The second point that we see here and that Paul calls the church to do is to not distort the gospel. 
Don't desert it and don't distort it. Don't manipulate it. Don't change it. Look at verse 7, the rest of the verse, second half. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and they are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. You see, if we go off what we just looked at previously in verse 7 about how a different gospel is no gospel at all, we see that a distorted gospel ceases to be the gospel at all. Now, let's, let's think back and let's transport ourselves into what's happening in Galatia. Why Paul is writing this letter. He's writing this letter to a church. We have to keep that in mind, this Galatian church. He preached the gospel to them. He went away. And as he went away after planting these churches, they start to distort and change and, he says, abandon and desert the gospel. A group infiltrated the church in Galatia and started saying things like, okay, you followed Jesus, we got that. But if you want to be a true follower of Jesus, you have to embrace Jewish traditions and customs. You have to be circumcised. You have to celebrate feasts. You have to honor the Sabbath day. And the, the big problem here is that this church was predominantly Gentile. This church was full of people that they did not grow up in Jewish culture. They did not grow up as Jewish people. But yet these people are coming in and saying, you need to change and become Jewish in order to fully follow Jesus. And that is why Paul is writing this. That is when he, when he says some people are throwing you in conclusion, those are the some people he's referring to. People saying that, oh, your, your message of accepting Jesus and embracing him into your, your culture and your life, that's not enough. You need to do these things on the outside, these exterior things, in order to be a true, true follower of Jesus. And this verse brings up a very interesting topic. How is the, the gospel brought to and introduced to different cultures? Here at Waukesha Bible Church, we have a, a resident theologian. Um, his name is Aaron Cutshaw. And in, in meditating on this, this verse, he made a, a wonderful statement that I want to show you. He said, the gospel should affect the culture. The culture should not affect the gospel. In order to take the gospel, those core themes, by grace, through faith, embracing Jesus as king, in order to take that to the nations and, and take that and teach that to other people, that gospel, that message needs to be translated. It needs to be made so that somebody who maybe doesn't understand the language or doesn't understand the terminology can actually understand what that means. And it needs to be translated but that message cannot be changed or manipulated when it is translated. You're following me? There's something beautiful about other cultures, other people groups, um, even in America, though, though we are, you know, predominantly speaking English and things of that nature, even among English speakers, there is culture with age groups and demographics and things of that nature where you have these secondary issues that happen. Clothing, worship, a building, size of the building, like all these things are important to, to think through and consider. But when you are 
thinking through and considering how do I translate this message of the gospel into another culture, I have to keep that message clear. And what's that message? Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sin debt before God the Father. Through faith in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, we are saved from the present evil age, and we embrace Jesus as King. That message must be clear. You can't. God can. Jesus did. (laughs) That is what Waukesha Bible Church preaches and teaches in all they do. And we will never abandon that. We know that this message of the gospel must not be changed or distorted. And Paul then focuses on individuals. We can't allow anyone to change this message. And this is how he closes out this this brief section that we're looking at here in the front end of Galatians. Look at verses 8 through 9. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we've already said, so now I say it again. If anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. Paul comes up. We're only eight verses in. And he's already damning people, right? He's already pronouncing damnation on people. He comes out guns blazing on in this letter. And who is he focused on? Look at verse, look at verse 8. Look at how he begins. If we, or an angel from heaven, and then they go to verse 9. If anybody is preaching to you, he puts himself in this category. Do you see that? If we, or an angel from heaven even, a spiritual being, For that matter, if anybody preaches a gospel other than what you already accepted and heard, don't listen to them. Don't let them manipulate it. Don't let them distort it. In our contemporary culture, just we as humans, we are attracted to people that, you know, have attractive personalities or looks, a dynamic speaker, all these things. And sometimes we can hold on too close to the person and not really listen to what they're saying. And this is what Paul is boldly saying. He's not against beautiful people or attractive things or, or that, any of that things. He, he's saying that, okay, you have the messenger, but the messenger does not really matter as much as his message that he's preaching to you and speaking to you. And he says that message that he's speaking to you and teaching to you must be rooted in the gospel, by grace, through faith, Jesus is king. No matter how wonderful a person is, if they change the message of followed or trusted. And according to Paul, he says, those people are to be under God's... <laughs> That's the language he uses. And here's what uh, Timothy George, he wrote a commentary on Galatians. This is how he describes this phrase. Anything or anyone that's under the ban and hence delivered over to God's wrath for final judgment. You're like, whoa. <laughs> that's, that's big time language right there. That seems, that seems a little harsh, Paul. <laughs> you want to take that and dial that back? And he said, No. If you read the rest of Galatians, he says things that are far, whoa, eye-opening than this even. 
Why is Paul so harsh in his language? Why does he hold so strongly to this conviction and so strongly to this message? I believe that Paul is convinced that the integrity of the gospel is what is at stake when the pure, simple gospel is changed and complicated and manipulated. Notice what he says in verses 8 and 9. If anyone should preach to you a gospel that is what? Other than the one that we preach to you. And then later in verse 9, other than what you accepted. Those things happened very early on in these, these believers' lives. They're, they're hearing of the message for the first time and accepting and internalizing that message. It was probably done in an extremely simple context to get them to understand that Jesus is King. And by grace alone, through faith alone, you can have a relationship and a restored relationship with God. The gospel, many times we view the gospel as, okay, that's the entry door. That's the doorway. Once I accept the gospel, once I pray the prayer, however you want to phrase it, once I do that, now I can go on into bigger and better things. I can dive into systematic theology. I can explore Calvinism, Arminianism. I can get my end times theology all lined up. No, 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 no. That's not how Paul would see this thing, I don't think. I don't think that, that he would say, all right, that's the door, and now you just go on and start opening up your mind to greater and better things. I'm not saying any of those things are wrong. But what Paul is saying is that this message of the gospel is a foundational message. It is one that we need to constantly keep on our hearts and on our minds. And if anything that we look to taints and distorts that message, it cannot be trusted. I remember as a, as a kid, growing up in church, you know, you'd, um, you, I believed the gospel. I said the prayer, right? And then you're sitting in the pew and you know the preacher is turning to like John 3.16 or something to preach that Sunday. And immediately what happens in like how I would, I'd just start looking around the church and being like, oh, I haven't seen him here before. I hope he's listening. Or, oh, oh, that person over there, I know they're not living the right life. I hope they're listening to this message and I hope that, you know, they embrace Jesus. And I think Paul would have a different view of, of the gospel. A foundational message on the gospel is not just for the lost. It's not just for those that are wayward. The foundational message of the gospel is for the believer that just came to Christ and the believer that has been following Christ all of his life. The gospel is foundational. And we need to embrace it. And that is what this opening section of Galatians is all about. These two Main ideas in these focuses, in these focus. Do not desert the gospel and do not distort it. So, as we move on to application, what do you think the application of today's text is going to be? Don't desert and don't distort the gospel. Woo! That's the application. It's simple. Don't desert Jesus. Don't taint and distort his message. Now, how do we do this? I'm going to take it into two spheres. How do we do it corporately? You know, as Waukesha Bible Church, how do we apply this text to our lives? How do we not desert and not distort the gospel? 
Waukesha Bible Church seeks to keep this gospel message central in all that it teaches and does. This month, November, marks one year of when Jenny and I and Rory moved here to Waukesha, and we started the internship here. And I've been given opportunities to teach. I've been given opportunities to sit in 101, 201, um, youth group, Gloria. And man, what I can say that is very unique and wonderful about Waukesha Bible Church is that they hold true to the gospel They are explicit in showing that the gospel is what we believe and what we are not going to stray away from. And it is infected in all that we do and teach. If you think Waukesha Bible Church is too simple, man, you might need to find another church because the gospel is so central to all that we do and we are not going to abandon this gospel. I can have faith in that. I've only been here for a year. And it's something that you see right away as soon as you hear the preaching, as soon as you step into the classrooms and you hear the teaching. Secondly, the focus of Waukesha Bible Church's ministry is on Jesus. And we endeavor not to desert or distort him ever. That is why we hold so tightly to making sure that what we're teaching and how we're teaching is gospel-centered and focused. Now, that's on the corporate level as a church How do we apply this text to our lives on an individual basis? How do we as husbands, wives, sons, daughters, an employee or an employer, how do we apply this concept of not deserting or not distorting the gospel into our lives? In your life, in marriage, friendships, job, call is to not desert Jesus and to live your life as if Jesus is the king of the universe, because he is. That's the call. And you see, um, you see even in Galatians, we'll be getting to this shortly, but Galatians chapter 2, verses 11 through 21, Paul calls out, out of all people, an apostle named Peter. Why? Because of his lunch eating habits. <laughs> he says the way that you're going to the cafeteria and eating lunch is not embracing a life of the gospel. What? The way I eat my lunch can, can affect how the gospel and distort the gospel? Paul says, yeah. The gospel needs to be so central into your life in embracing the life of Jesus and his kingship and his rule and authority that it should affect every area, even who you eat with at lunch. <laughs> how I see and view my wife and my children, how I love them, how I view the people I work with, and how I show care and compassion to those that drive me nuts, how I view my employer, if I have employees underneath me, how I view and treat them and not trying to manipulate them. The gospel affects these areas of our lives. And that's what Paul wants us to hear. Secondly, if the gospel is so foundational to every area of our life, we need to find a way to teach the gospel to ourselves every single day so that that message does not become distorted in my life or in my mind. I don't don't care how you do it. There's many, many avenues. Whether you just enjoy that quiet time in the morning reading the Bible. If that's how you orient your heart around the gospel, go for it. Maybe you you like singing, and you like singing songs, or you like even listening to music, because you can't sing like me. (laughs) 
That's a great way to orient your heart and orient your mind around the gospel. Having time rubbing shoulders with other people. Talk about Jesus every once in a while. Tell the gospel to each other. Articulate it. Find the best way to articulate it. Prayer. Put a sticky note on your mirror in your bathroom so that you see every morning that says, you can't, God can, Jesus did, right? Find some way to orient your heart around the gospel and so that as you go about your day, you are able to live your life like Jesus is the king of the universe and that that message is by grace through faith. Let's stand and I will close us in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the message and the truth of your gospel. It is something that we seek and we endeavor never to distort, to manipulate, never to abandon. I thank you for this church. I thank you that the gospel message is so prevalent and so bold and in your face and explicit everywhere we go here. I pray that you would keep focused, that you would just guide the leadership of Waukesha Bible Church to constantly have their hearts and minds oriented on this truth of the gospel and that it prevails all that is taught and preached. I pray for each and every man and woman that is sitting here today that you would allow their hearts to embrace the truth of the gospel and the truth of your son Jesus that you would give them opportunities throughout their life to internalize that message and to have that message be the focus of their life. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, the King. Amen.